from the letter of St. Paul the Apostle to the Hebrews. Brethren, when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy place, taking not the blood of goats and calves, but his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the sprinkling of defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls, and with the ashes of a heifer, sanctifies for the purification of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, since a death has occurred which redeems them from the transgressions under the first covenant. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to John. At that time, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, in order to prevent the bodies from remaining on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth, that you also may believe. The saving words of the Gospel. <clears throat> I'm celebrating a feast, uh, a feast, a votive mass of the most precious blood today. I'm moved to do so by uh, something that a friend of mine uh, told me, an exorcist uh, friend of mine told me um, about his struggle against a, a particular demon and um, what uh, people had done uh, to... Uh, prompt the possession of a young man and so forth. And um, the, uh, the litany of the most precious blood uh, played a, a part in this uh, liberation of this young man. And I, I just thought it had been so long since I've celebrated a votive mass of the, the precious blood of the Lord that today would be a very good day to do it. And um, another reason why is because just a couple of days ago, on the 3rd of January uh, was the feast of St. Gaspar del Buffalo. Now he's not, I guess, commonly talked about that much these days, but Gaspar del Buffalo, uh, I have a particular devotion to, he was a saint in Rome and he founded uh, with another priest the confraternity of the most precious blood and and really very much moved forward, advanced devotion to the precious blood of the Lord. And it was because of his work and that eventually there would be a, a feast would be established in the Roman calendar 
and uh, it was there for quite a while until I think Paul VI took it away. And uh, but in any event, uh, Gaspar del Buffalo, um, who uh, when he founded that confraternity, he did it in the church where I served as a seminarian as a, and as a deacon. And I remember seeing this uh, stone there with an inscription about how Gaspar del Buffalo had done these things. And I have a first-class relic of Gaspar del Buffalo on that shelf over there. So, uh, uh, partly in, in, in um, reference to uh, the way that I was moved by this thing that my friend told me, but also in honor of Gaspar del Buffalo, I say this, this uh, votive mass of the most precious blood. Of course, it's a long-standing tradition of the church now to honor the most precious blood of the Lord during the month of July, and the feast of the precious blood was on the 1st of July, and we have to honor his blood. Um, by it was the shedding of his blood, we were redeemed, and the smallest drops of the precious blood of Christ is our sinful race's ransom, and our Gurdon for hope for heaven. The tiniest drop of the most precious blood of the Lord is of greater worth than the cosmos and all that is in it. So it's very appropriate that we honor his most precious blood. Now, there's something that I, I think... In, I just want to mention about there are two things from the scripture readings that I would like I'd like to mention and firstly the image of blood and water coming from the side of the Lord now those of you who have followed um, these uh, masses for a long time since the beginning of COVID theater and all that um, will have heard me during probably during Lent or around Holy Week, talk about how the lambs were slaughtered in the temple at the time of Passover, and hundred, you know, a couple of hundred thousand lambs were were slaughtered on that day, and of course the uh, the blood had to go somewhere. They would catch the blood of the lamb in basins, and then the priests, while they were singing the psalms, would pass them up the steps toward the altar and then the blood was thrown against the altar and that blood of course that's a lot of blood we're talking about and it had to go somewhere well there were there were drains there that went into a water course that went under the area and so there's water flowing there's blood flowing and then the water came out the side of the temple mount and you could see it come out if you were in the Kidron Valley you'd be able to see blood and water coming from the side of the temple. And, of course, here's the image. This is one of the things that's so striking for, for John and why he makes such a point of it. He's, he who saw this bears witness and his testimony is true and he knows he's telling the truth. The, the very body of the Lord with blood and water coming out the side, he is the new temple and if he's the new temple then his lacerated heart is the new holy of holies within the temple and so this is an image i think that's very important for us to to understand not only do we talk about the blood and water flowing from the side of the lord as in a certain way giving birth to the church 
birth to the sacraments. Of course, the you know the Holy Spirit coming later, but this is a uh, this is a very powerful uh, very powerful image. And the next thing too that we have is from Paul writing to the Hebrews. Now Hebrews nine and Hebrews ten are very interesting for establishing how the Jews how the sacrifice of the Lord the one for all time sacrifice of the Lord completed, fulfilled, and made irrelevant all of the other sacrifices. Now, there were different kinds of sacrifices that the Jews had involving uh, lambs and goats and bulls and so forth, uh, the, the mixing of, of ashes with water and, the sprinkling, and blood and the, the sprinkling of the people with the ashes of the heifer for purification and, and uh, different kinds of sacrifices on different days. They would have the Passover sacrifice, there was a sacrifice, the scapegoat of the Day of Atonement when Yom Kippur would come. But they also had um, the Tamim, the, which was the daily sacrifice at 9 in the morning and then 3 in the afternoon. Every single day they would have the sacrifice of a lamb and then water and uh, bread and wine. And this was every day, day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out, every single day. The, the Tamid sacrifice was going on in the temple. And the idea of this is that there were there, there are two different like courses of sacraments that would or sacrifices that would go by. One was in one involved atonement, and the other one had to do with the sanctification of the people. Those are two different things, two different reasons for sacrifice. One of them atones to make one, to separate one from sin. That's a, that's a key, to separate one from sin. But then the other sacrifice is intended to connect one to God. It was against sin and for God in a and that's the pattern and that would become the pattern of our blessings and so forth in the church there's always purification and then the conferral of the blessing or of the sacrament you think about baptism and how in the traditional rite there are exorcisms that are performed and then the sacrament is given um, and the blessing of holy water you exercise the elements first the water and the salt that is going to be mixed into the water. And then you bless those two elements after they're exercised, and then you add them together, and then you say a special blessing over the combined salt and water before the priest says the gospel at Mass, or the deacon. At, in the older, in the traditional rite that I'm using today, there are two prayers that the priest or the deacon says, and one of them is for purification first and then the second one is about the reception of the gift so that he can worthily proclaim the gospel and this goes this harkens back to for example the experience that the prophet isaiah had when he was taken to heaven to give a vision of heaven and he sees the one on the throne and he's terrified because he is a man of 
he describes himself as a man of unclean lips. And then what happens? An angel comes with a burning hot coal and puts it to Isaiah's lips to purify them. And then God gives him the office of prophet so that he can speak prophetic words. There's the purification and then there is the reception of what it is that God wants to give. Now, the Lord in Paul, in, when he's talking about this, talks about in, in both Hebrews 9 and Hebrews 10, he talks about how what the Lord did does not have to be repeated. And he uses the, in, in chapter 10, he uses the image of the Lord being seated after he finishes his work. Well, all the, the sacrifices were offered standing, but now the Lord is seated, which means that he has completed the work. He doesn't, it doesn't have to be done anymore. The sacrifice doesn't have, to be, doesn't have to be offered anymore. It can be renewed. And this is part of the point of, of this, this line that he has in here. He, ent he enters once for all into the holy place, taking not the blood of, of goats and calves, but his own blood. So he goes into the holy place. Now we're talking, this is, this is a reception, this is a, a reference to the ascension of the Lord, where he goes into, shall we say, the heavenly temple as high priest, bringing the once for all time perfect sacrifice, and there, when he, while he's, out of time and space makes it possible for that sacrifice of the cross, which is also the Last Supper, tied together the whole mystery that's tied together, is represented to the Father and renewed before the Father for eternity. But it makes it, it's out, now outside of time and space, it makes it possible for every altar Christus like my poor person, to offer and renew the sacrifice here. Not sacrifice it again, but to renew the sacrifice, which is once and for all time. And it makes it possible for not only one priest to do it here, but thousands of priests at thousands of altars, even at the same time, to do it. Because now that the Lord is outside, out of time and space, that it makes it possible for us to do this here in all the times and spaces that we have. I hope that I hope that that makes a little sense. It's one of the reasons why it's important that we hear about him going into the holy place, not the one made by human hands, but the greater one, the more perfect tent. It says, when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, that's the tabernacle, it's a temple, that's a, the, the tabernacle where the tent was originally the place where the ark was kept, where the people, the people were on the move. And of course, then the Holy of Holies becomes the new tent, the new tabernacle, where the ark was, and the presence of God was, the Shekinah, the presence, the, the cloud of presence of the Lord of, of God. <clears throat> so, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation. He answered, he entered once for all into the holy place, taking his own blood with him as a sacrifice. So those are 
those are two points, uh, just a couple points that I think are, are, are good to know about these readings. You have the image of the blood and water coming from the sign of the temple, which is coming from the sign of the Lord. And then you have this image of the Lord that taking that sacrifice into the holy place of heaven so that it can be renewed on our altars day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out. Not new sacrifices, but one sacrifice constantly being renewed for our salvation. The litany of the most precious blood. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Blood of Christ, only begotten Son of the Eternal Father, save us. Blood of Christ, incarnate Word of God, save us. Blood of Christ of the New and Eternal Testament, save us. Blood of Christ falling upon the earth in agony, save us. Blood of Christ shed profusely in the scourging, save us. Blood of Christ flowing forth in the crowding of thorns, save us. Blood of Christ poured out on the cross, save us. Blood of Christ, price of our salvation, save us. Blood of Christ without which there is no forgiveness, save us. Blood of Christ, Eucharistic drink and refreshment of souls, save us. Blood of Christ, stream of mercy, save us. Blood of Christ, victor over demons, save us. Blood of Christ, courage of martyrs, save us. Blood of Christ, strength of confessors, save us. Blood of Christ, bringing forth virgins, save us. Blood of Christ, help of those in peril, save us. Blood of Christ, relief of the burdened, save us. Blood of Christ, solace in sorrow, save us. Blood of Christ, hope of the penitent, save us. Blood of Christ, consolation of the dying, save us. Blood of Christ, peace and tenderness of hearts, save us. Blood of Christ, pledge of eternal life, save us. Blood of Christ, freeing souls from purgatory, save us. Blood of Christ, most worthy of all glory and honor, save us. Lamb of God, who takest away the sins of the world, spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You have redeemed us, O Lord, in your blood, and made us for our kingdom, for our God, a kingdom. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, you have appointed your only begotten Son, the Redeemer of the world, and willed to be appeased by his blood. Grant, we beg of you, that we may worthily adore this price of our salvation, and through its power be safeguarded from the evils of this present life, so that we may rejoice in its fruits forever in heaven, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Here is my relic of St. Gaspar del Buffalo. A very interesting saint. Um, he was uh, dragged in before the Roman Inquisition a few times and was a real thorn in the side of, of the muckety-mucks. Um, he had a lot of gifts, including the ability to kind of sense 
were there objects involving black magic or things like that, and he would go charging into people's houses and drag things out and you know, burn them in the street and things like that. So he, he was quite the guy. <laughs>